Review, No Chase Film Society. Thank y'all for streaming with us. And uh, yeah, man, we're here. We're here for y'all bringing you, once again, the best in film discussion, film debate, and all that good stuff. And join with me, as usual, to, uh, to help me in this endeavor is my brother, OTS Head Honcho. And, uh, you know, cinephile himself, the big Derek, OTS. What's good, man? Everything's everything, bro. How you been? Hey, man, you know, same as usual. Yes, sir. Surviving COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are, you, uh, how, how are you adjusting, man, to, uh, to life uh, post, post-Trump, the Trump era? Has life gotten better for you, or? You know what's funny? Um, Are you feeling more American and more uh, more? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just checking. I I was. Hey, this is. It was just like another day for me. I mean, I did the, the past four, actually five and a half years, I wasn't paying attention to him. Like, actually, he was more funny than I than I than than you know intimidating than me. Um, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I, I I was always saying if he wasn't in that office, I <laughs> this stuff would be hilarious to be completely honest. But you know, it is what it is. I'm glad he's out because uh, he's not a national threat. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't look to the government to 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 do anything for me. I have no exactly. expectations for them. So, you know, we'll see how everything goes. Um, it'd be good, whatever happens. Whatever's happening now is much better because I, I can't, I, it, it feels weird. I will say this, it feels very weird to not hear consistent updates as to what has been going on in DC every single day. Right. That is very different. Um, so having no news come out with with Biden is we're back to the old boring show and I'm 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 with it. Well, you know my my uh, my point of view kind of leans on that for four years. We've been hearing that you know, dude was you know the big bad bo- boogeyman and the biggest problem that the United States had, and now that he's gone, you know, you're still kind of still seeing the. The problematic uh, issues that you know we as black people are having with mm-hmm. white supremacy. I think you know a couple of cops have um, since Trump's been gone. I think a couple of cops have shot a few dudes. I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't really uh, followed it too, 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 too close because it's kind of repetitive, repetitive at this point. It is. I, I don't even. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't even do anything to me anymore. I'm, I'm just starting problematic conversation. Yeah, I know it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so. numb to, I'm I'm numb to it. <laughs> I, I I don't care. You know, I mean, I I care about what's happening, but I don't pay attention to it because it's, it's the same same stuff going on every uh just a new day, new year, new year. No, I agree with yeah. you, man. I agree yeah. with you. I, so I don't I don't allow it to um permeate my peace. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some movies, man. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. Outside of the movie we've been watching for four and a half years. <laughs> uh, well, hit me with you. So, what, what's up with you, man? What, 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 
what's 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 on your uh, on your list these last few days since we last talked? Yeah, so I um I actually got into this documentary uh, or docu series on Netflix. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, crime scene: The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm into. I guess I guess I'm into crime stories more than I thought I was. Um, I've been listening to different podcasts. Uh, God, for like the last, I'd say three or four years on crime. Um, I don't know why it's so intriguing. Um, but but they're they're very they're highly intriguing stories. This this documentary or the docu series uh, in and of itself is um is very interesting i think i'm only like i've only seen like two episodes of it um but it's one that that um has you yelling at the at the screen (laughs) a lot (laughs) i i like i'm 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 honestly shocked i can't say shocked that's the wrong word i'm it still baffles me as to how uh, uh, naive people can be mm-hmm. and trusting they can be and lackadaisical um, that, that some people can be uh, to, to just, you know, put themselves in positions uh, um, of compromise without regard for, for their lives. Um, uh, but this story itself is really sad. Um, I'm not even talking about the actual victim. I'm talking about people that are surrounding the story that's coming to this hotel. Just weird as hell. Um, but this this particular uh, hotel is actually uh, in the midst of Skid Row. Um, so yeah, I, I, if if you're into crime uh, stories. Um, Stuff like that. So are these like reenactments, no. or is it is it like documentary style type shit? It's 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 a documentary style. It's a very okay. very interesting story. Um, I'm a little bored with that man, with the whole true crime shit documentary shit. Really? Just a little bit. Okay. I mean, I've been into it for years, actually, more than um, the last few years. I, I I used to watch um Tiger King shit was cool. Tiger That's King the, was hilarious as hell. Yeah, but you know, after that, you know, um <laughs> I'm looking for something else as far as documentary. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's starting to be a little repetitive. Yeah. Maybe right, if I right, chill right. for a little while and go back to it, I don't know, but I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not rushing to that. What 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 movies you caught? Movie well I don't even think I, I think the only one I actually watched the since we last recorded um was what we're gonna talk about in this episode. Um, okay. But Judas and the Black Messiah, as y'all see when you yes. click on. Yes, sir. Um yes. there is another show on Netflix that I watched though, uh called The Queen's Gambit. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Somebody uh highly recommended that and I Look forward and kind of got distracted by something else on Netflix. Yeah, I, I um, 
I've been doing a lot of HBO Max lately, so Netflix. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but but chess has always been an uh, intriguing thing to me. Um, but mm. this show, I think, elevated that intrigue, man. Okay. You don't even have to know chess to, to follow it. It's just one of those those um, shows that you you can pick up on what's going on just through their body language. And I think they actually um, did a phenomenal job of allowing body language to tell the story more so than having uh, the audience understand what uh, moving specific pieces to specific places on the board means. Like, you don't even have to know the game, just know body language, and you can follow exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's it's very intriguing. I I I like it. Um, and it's actually making me like before. I was I I wanted to learn chess, but um, that one is actually making me sit and say, yeah, I'm going to definitely learn it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a, I love the pieces. You know, somebody that really knows chess can kick my ass. Yeah, but. <laughs> you know, I can move the pieces and I know, you know, I know the rules of the game and shit. Yeah, that I don't know. Yeah. I, I gotta learn it. I really have to learn it because it's 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 just another I think to me, uh chess is one of those things that actually allows you to strategize, right? So yeah. I like being able to I'd be able to think ahead, you know. Ahead. A, yeah, I think yeah. it'd be a it's a good plan ahead type shit. Yeah, and I think I think it's a good um I think it's a good uh um what's the right term um exercise for people that are trying to learn how to uh, be strategic with mm. you know just in life. Mm. I don't even like I think you can pl- apply a lot of things with chess to life. So I, I I'm I'm intrigued with uh, learning it very much so very much so oh and i did get back into um i forgot i did watch another movie antebellum that's um janelle janelle monet janelle monet yeah okay how was that no spoilers because i've seen i'm not gonna spoil it but um I thought this is just another slave movie, and I I've I haven't watched slave films lately. I don't I the only ones that I've actually paid attention to um, were the revolutionary stories. Um, so I, I, I again I I don't wouldn't I refuse to watch Twelve Years a Slave. I would never watch that. Oh yeah, the first time I saw that might be the last time I saw that because yeah yeah I was ready for mass violence after, yeah. after I saw that shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I just I can't do that to myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw blood for real. That was a that's a traumatizing movie, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm triggering shit. I'm I think I've said that on this podcast before. Yeah, because to me, like, just slave movies in general, um, to me, don't even tell one. They don't tell the complete story. Two, they only. Um, they paint us in a specific light, right? So it's almost like a reminder 
well not almost it is a reminder to us um about how you know what our place has been in this in this country and i i i don't want to be in that space i don't need right. to be, mentally i don't need to be in that space um so I, I absolutely refuse to watch slave movies but i will say um so you haven't seen 12 years of slave you haven't seen i'm gonna start no you haven't seen roots no Okay. You ever seen Django Unchained? I did see that. Okay. But that was because he was whooping the hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every every black man should at least see Django Unchained. Yeah. I got I got my personal gripes with, with Quentin Tarantino, but he will ever have a great place of respect uh to me for, for Django Unchained. What do you think made him actually create that film? Because that's the he he's a a, a a guy that I'm not fond of either. Um, because I think it feels not feels every almost every movie that I've seen him in um, that he's done he's written it into the script where he's saying nigger. Yeah, and, and that's you know historically been a problem for for him. Um, I think, uh, I don't know how true it is, but I believe Denzel Washington kind of had a gripe for him um, years ago about that. And, you know, and I can, and I can understand that, you know, he, he's one of those guys who um, has a, has a deep admiration for black culture, you know, hip hop and black exploitation movies particularly. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has been given so much access to black culture and has been, you know, um, accepted by certain people within black culture that he's taken certain liberties yeah. to to feel comfortable within black culture, which is a common mistake some white people make. Um, and he's rich, so you know he's a cocky bastard. Along on top of that, so you can't tell him he ain't an honorary nigger. Excuse my my expression <laughs> for our heart radio. Shout out to our heart radio, by the way, who's <laughs> let us on the platform. Uh, and I commemorate that with, with an end bomb and shit, but oh, I said it first, so it's fine. Oh, okay, well, cool. Well, yeah, he's on the and um, you know, taking certain liberties as an honorary nigga to do certain things. Do I like that? No, hell no. Do I, you know, I don't agree with that, but you know, he's not the first to do it, mm-hmm. he's not the last to do it. He hasn't done it on the worst scale of any white man to get too comfortable at the barbecue, you know. But um, he made some good movies, you know. He, he has made some good movies. And Django Unchained is one of them. So. Yeah, yeah. I, now, why he made that's a good question. I, I really don't know. You know, there still was an angle of white supremacy, which every fucking movie that comes out of Hollywood is going to have that angle of white supremacy, which mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about with a little bit, uh, I guess, in greater detail with uh, feature film conversation. Right, right. But, right. um... You know that that whole uh, Dr. King shit, and the, the dude, ironically, who's named Dr. King is white, <laughs> and and, <it's, laughs> and uh, he's like the the influence and the the, the the pretty much the training influence or the uh, the mentor influence of the the black rebellious slave. You know, it has to be a white man named Dr. King, so. You know, he, he did his white man shit in it, but you know, he... 
<laughs> but you know, what can you expect? You know, a white man's gonna be a white man. So. Hey man, can't can't. But it was a good movie. You know, I'm not gonna hate on a good movie, no matter who do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was a good movie. Um, it had a lot of many great narratives within that movie that black people need to see. For sure. Um, so you know, it gets my stamp of approval. Yeah. But you you mentioned slave movies, so I thought about that. But I feel you. I I, I got slave fatigue. I've gotten to a point where I probably I'm not gonna watch any more slave movies. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I've seen so many. I do think that that there is a need for for the rebellious slave movies, though. The movies that tell the story of how slaves rebelled and. You know the slaves that actually want to kill white slave masters. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to see more white death at the hands of black slaves on screen. You know, I agree. I agree. And but I hate to say, well, I don't hate to say it like that. You know, what I mean, I hope, you know, I, I don't intend to make anybody uncomfortable by saying that. But you know, look, look at the look at the the shit that we have seen as far as like you mentioned the slave narratives, all the white brutality afflicted on black people. I think psychologically we'll do to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of white brutality. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, at the hands of black people. I mean, just just exactly. for the sake of fair and balanced. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because psychological I, I, exposure. I've had enough of it. I I I, and I honestly I haven't seen it like that. Um, on like personally seen it of uh, film wise. Um, no, because white folks won't pay for that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we gotta make our own movie. Yeah, well, I that's mean, what means gonna write the check. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, this is gonna be some torture and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> hey, no, you're not gonna see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's I'm why saying. you keep seeing black brutality. You know, exactly, exactly, exactly. I know, but but I'm saying like I ha- I haven't watched a lot of slave movies in general. To to see, no, I feel you though. I'm not gonna encourage you to like. I, but I'm definitely not gonna be a nigga that say you gotta go see Twelve Years Slave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, but you know the the story itself of slavery, um, I, I uh, like you said, just fatigued of it because of how little mention and responsibility that um, is actually taken. Um, I, I I just I'm tired of it. I'm done. So. I honestly was putting off Antebellum for a little while um, because I thought it was, you know, just a, another slave film. And uh, that's not the case. I'll just say like that. Okay. I just got to catch it. It got lost, you know, in a couple of things I, I caught. Yeah. yeah. W- watch it. Definitely watch it. It's on Hulu. Um, and I think Amazon, but uh, I think Amazon uh, is... is I think it's a ring on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, um, seeing that and then I got a little, I actually got into another uh, animated film, uh, Hotel Transylvania. We don't have to talk about it. Okay. That's Burton, right? Yeah. I think so. (laughs) I think so. Um, Okay. I, 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 I just, one day, you know, like whenever, at some point, I would like to actually uh, 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 feature an animated film. Um, don't know what, don't know 
But that would be your pick, definitely. That would be my pick, yeah. But no, I that's not better than that's uh, Grandy, uh, Gendry, Tartvowski. I just no. butchered that. I apologize. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Adam Sandler. Was that? I, no, I don't even know. I don't even know, to be honest. Yeah, you said Hotel Transylvania, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that came out in uh, 2012. Yes. Yeah, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, yeah, okay. Andy Samberg. Yeah, I, 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 I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm just. There's a part of me. I think it's probably still that, 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 um, you know, that that childlike fascination with animation uh, that I had as a kid. That's still, mm-hmm. that's still there. Um, I, I actually, I was actually going to get into animation. Um, until uh that 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 process in school just kind of like uh killed my love for drawing <laughs> so i um i i backed away from it but yeah animation is always something that that i love seeing so I, i'm well, i would encourage you in front of you know our entire vast wide listening audience right now man i i would encourage you man to to that's something I th- I think you can you know pretty much approach from an autodidactic point yeah. of view. Yeah. You know I mean yeah. whether through YouTube or through whatever you know online access you have, man, explore that shit, man. Seriously. Yeah. 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 You know with the with the way the world is set up now, that's uh, you know to learn like the the core, the basis of the basis of animation. I would let them. You can do that right from your house, man. Like I think so. right online. Yeah. I think so. You should accomplish that, man. We need more black men doing ambitious shit like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it's a um it's a it's a different world that um you know I don't think I don't think it's it, it gets as much appreciation as it should. Um, in terms it's about the only way we're gonna get a a a, 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 mo- a film made where you know black people are killing white slave slavery is if you want to animate that shit. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't reasonably see like casting and you know like a production of of like a, like a lot of white death, you know, right about now and shit yeah, on screen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna be able to emulate that shit to the extent that it's been done to us. But yeah, animation, yeah. yeah, you can kill up some motherfuckers. Yeah, man. Animation, yeah, yeah, like yeah, bloody mass, like a plantation story where like the shit goes ape shit. <laughs> and and slaves just 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 fuck up all the white people on the plantation in the town and shit. Yes, dude, please. <laughs> I'll pay the tuition for the animated courses for that shit. You damn right. Hey man, <laughs> that would be that would I will say that would be groundbreaking. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> That'd be highly intriguing. <laughs> yeah, make that shit right from the crib. <laughs> That's the only way you're gonna see some shit like that. Oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh man! But yeah, shout out to Our Heart Radio again. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not get <laughs> on there with a bang, man? <laughs> yeah, but we all on Our Heart Radio seriously. So if y'all fuck with Our Heart Radio, fuck with Moche from Society on Our Heart Radio. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, what else, man? What else? Ooh, you know, um, 
Like this one talks about hotel trips being in one of these shows. I'm sure that'll make oh, a good are. conversation. Yeah, actually, that the the the, the story, the story Let's plot. Yeah, the story plot behind that I think would be. You've already seen it, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Let's do it. Yeah. Let them fuck up some shit. Yeah. We went from slave murder to hotel animated hotel transylvania. <laughs> Only right here. Yeah, damn it. Hey man, why not? <laughs> um, um, uh, but have you seen? You don't have Disney Plus, do you? No. Uh, the 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 animated film that came out uh, in December, Soul, with uh, starting. I will see that, but I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm like. I'm not to figure out a way to watch. I don't. I'm not to bootleg it or steal it or some shit, some kind of way. Because I'm not getting a subscription service. I told you, I'm not fucking with Disney Plus <laughs> until Disney Plus fuck with Song of the South. They're going to have to get bucked before I before I get Disney Plus. Put Song of the South on that bitch, you got my $15, $16, $17, whatever the fuck it is. You got it. But before you know, I'm going to HBO Max. I'm not adding no more subscription <laughs> shit to my budget. So I got to figure out a way to, to see it. But I do want to see it. I heard good things about it. It it is um I will say it allows you for someone that that uh has dealt with anxiety since uh, since childhood and depression I think for like the last seven or eight years um it actually puts all of that into a uh, into a specific perspective um. That actually allows you to to to, I guess, understand how that can be like for someone. So in, uh, soul, the movie Soul. Mm-hmm. There was an It no no. Uh, in terms like depression, more so. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, for someone that feels like they are a wandering soul, or like they've they've been a wandering soul. Uh, you can relate to a lot of things in that movie. And I, I think for me, it actually did something where it allowed me to actually put that into a tangible understanding of, of like, description. Mm-hmm. Or to actually be able to describe how that feels. That, that movie, I think, if you've never felt depression, uh, like, or, or, or felt like you you didn't know um uh or you didn't know uh what what your life was going to be like or like what path you should take or like you feel like you're stuck or something like that 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 movie perfectly describes that feeling okay it puts it it's it puts it as it makes it a picture and i like to me as as someone that that is a uh that um as that's a visual learner that for me, um, even though I already knew what it was and how it felt, stuff like that, it 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 allowed me to actually look at it in a different perspective. So I think I think that's something that any I think everyone should watch that movie. Honestly, there are certain things that I have issues with, um, um, in general, um, especially for it being a movie about a black man. Um, I think there were certain things that I I. And and this is this goes back to what you were talking about uh, uh, earlier, but we also have said on previous uh, episodes of mm-hmm. us, excuse me, us telling our own stories and mm-hmm. not allow not having uh, white people 
be the uh, showrunner of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another perfect example of that. I'll just leave it at that because I think there are certain things that that movie that would be a movie that that I think you and I should discuss. Actually, I've heard certain things about it that kind of lean. I don't want to talk about because I haven't seen it, and yeah. I think it is a movie that I do. I would like for us to to go in deeper with. All right, so so I gotta find a way to steal some damn Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, because I, I do want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been hearing things about that. Yeah, that's 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 a um intriguing uh. Intriguing story, it's very intriguing. But there are certain it, it it you can I look I, I you can look at life a little differently after seeing that. You can see mm-hmm. it in a perspective with it. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely with that. Well, um, take you on a ride for a minute, man. So, um, I know the whole comic uh, genre yes. is uh, is your lane, right? Yes, sir. So. Uh, ironically, so you know, some some out there know, and I know you know. I got a four year old, yeah. And for whatever reason, like she is into Batman, right? But but the a particular Batman, not not Batman in general, but okay, that original Michael Keaton, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Batman. <laughs> really? Yeah, like it's, it's some crazy shit, bro. You know, like like right now, like that's how I got her ass to chill to, to record this shit. Is <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like I I put on the, the Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Batman, and right now Jack Nicholson is like looking after my kid as I record for y'all. So you know, hell of a that's, babysitter. That's hey, that's the sacrifice I make for this for for the, for the society. That's what I do for the society, bro. But um, but no, it, it it makes me you know I like that movie. That's actually one of my favorite. Movies. That's how she got exposed to it through me, because that's like yeah, out of any comic based movie or whatever, I actually fuck with that original Batman. You know, so it just made me curious as to your uh your viewpoint in the conversation of who actually is who holds the crown or who actually mm. cornered the, the, the best Joker performance, you know, since Joker is becoming a big conversation now. Mm. I'm noticing, you know, yeah. with, yeah. with, with, with uh, the new uh, Snyder cut, I yes. believe. Yes. To I'm the DC shit. And, you know, you yeah. got another, it's like four or five Joker movies coming out this year or some shit, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but no, I mean, but that Jack Nicholson Joker, man, um, just, just still, to me is 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 i don't know man it's, it's an attention grabbing character you know yeah it is i mean he called michael keaton a, a son of a bitch like i don't think no joker ever called him by <laughs> a son of a bitch like in no do you remember that <laughs> he, 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 like, like that was the hardest shit. dude that was the hardest shit like i think i ever seen any comic based yeah. movie when he stood there said come on Come on, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn plane coming to his ass. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, you son of a bitch. And he pulled out that big long ass gun, but fuck the gun. The gun wasn't even yeah. like, well, yeah. yeah, we stood there and, and dude, like, damn, the Joker called Batman a son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, with a plane coming at his ass. Like, come on, man. That, that was the Joker's movie. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That was Jack Nicholson's movie, man. Yeah. Michael Keaton was cool. I mean, 
you know, he did the Batman thing. You know, he still is probably one of the most respected Batman, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was Jack Nicholson's movie. Now, I just want to get your input on that. Yeah. Um. So I that movie came out when I think in like the eighties, right? No, nah, nineties, like early nineties, like nineteen ninety, I think. But I got IMD, IMDb. Like I'm ready because you told me that all her radio shit. I yeah. got I got my shit together, so <laughs> I got IMDb right here. So we are we not gonna okay. fuck around. So that was nineteen ninety. I I was first introduced to Batman through the Batman uh, Batman the animated series. That was uh, I think in ninety four ish ninety three okay. ninety four. Um, the Joker that was in that cartoon is what I was used to, right? Mm-hmm. So going like as when I got a little older, I'd say like maybe six or seven. That's when I actually watched the Jack Nicholson one for the first time. Okay. And I, 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 it was kind of like a forgettable thing for me because I was so used to the animated one. Now, of course, growing up, looking back, I see the the different nuances and and the um, the uh, inspirations and stuff like that. I think from like uh, Caesar Caesar. Uh, I think his last name is Romero, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That played uh, Joker in the the um, the original Batman series um, with um, Adam West, like in the 30s, I think, 30s or 40s. Um, maybe a little later than that. I might, I'm 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 off of that one, but um, so I can see the the influence that he got from that one, but. My favorite Joker, if we're talking about live action Jokers, uh, uh, Heath Ledger is number one. Um, Jared Leto, as much flack as that dude got with this uh, Suicide Squad um, Batman, with this this version of Batman, um, as much flack as he got with that one, I actually... I actually appreciated it um, because he was Heath Ledger's Joker was the first one that we ever saw that was actually like extremely dark and twisted. Like you can tell, you knew that Jack Nicholson's uh, version was was twisted. Uh, you knew that the ones on 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 the animated series were twisted. Like uh, you know, we we know that, but to actually see someone that was just that dark demented we had not seen that performance before so i think that's why uh uh heath ledger is number one for me um but jared leto is is i think he's right there um because he still brought that darkness um and that that twisted uh demented added uh, perspective i should say um it was as short of a perspective, as short of performance, and even though he had tattoos and everything like that, I still loved it. Um, but one that no one ever talks about, Cameron Monaghan on the Gotham series. I, I know you, I'm not sure if you've ever even uh, heard that one. No, it was on Fox. I think they had like I know I heard of the series. Jada Pink was in that series, right? Yes, yes, it's yeah. Movie. yeah. Um, 
that series was out. I think it had like five or six seasons. Um, mm-hmm. But his Joker, even though I, I don't think he ever went by the name Joker, but that's who he was playing was, was uh, you know, the Joker. And I, I mean, he's the only one that's had so much time with that character. I mean, he took that character to another level. Um, Jack Nicholson, to me, comes after that. So you couldn't get like two or three other performances. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, the one we're talking about is uh eighty nine. That that 89. Batman with Jack came out in eighty nine. Okay, so it was eighty nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and I was born in ninety, so that that tells you what. Like I didn't. I really didn't get connected with that. Yeah, that was that was like totally out of your yeah your era. Yeah. It actually it actually was uh probably I guess like. Seven or eight years old mm-hmm. around that time this came out, mm-hmm. and I remember this movie. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess there's a child, uh, a childish or a childhood rather uh, connection to it. You know, an yeah. imprint that I love because this, 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 it's a, it's a fun movie, man. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's a great movie. It's, it, 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 their performances were were amazing in it, but you know, I do think Jack, like you know. Took this damn movie from Michael Keaton. I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't even disagree. He hijacked this man, performance-wise. Yeah. This was Jack's movie, man. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even disagree with you on that one. I think that um, uh, his Joker is definitely one of the best. I'm, I I would never uh, uh, slap his you know dismiss his Joker in any way, shape, or form, but when I've always thought of that character, it's always been someone that's been dark. <clears throat> so you didn't mention uh, Joaquin Phoenix at all. About, you know what's so funny? I <laughs> I put him above Jack Nicholson as well. I do. Um, you I, tripping, I, man. I keep forgetting about that one. You tripping, but, but Jack is the godfather. He set the tone for yes. the funny, crazy motherfucker appeal. Yes. That you know, and this is just my novice a- approach to to yeah. this. Yeah. You know, but I think Jack Nicholson created that crazy, funny motherfucker. Like I'm a psychotic, crazy, violent, you know, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the 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 comedic nature behind that, or the lighthearted nature behind that, that you see from these the ones that you mentioned. I think Jack kind of set the tone for that. No, I wouldn't even disagree with you on it. I, 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 it's just that when I think of that character, he has to be dark, it, because there's the, and and Jax wasn't dark, um, you know his. Why does he have to be? Where, 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 from from where you draw that from? Because the comics and the original shit really made him cartoonish. Yeah, it did. So the, I, the, the, I think the darkness of the the Joker character kind of started with Jack, right? I I would say his was the darkest of the time, but when uh, Mark Hamill did the animated series, his was his was dark, um, but it was animated. So we had never seen like a live action Batman that was that that brought all those pieces together until Heath Ledger. Um, And I think that's what that brought me back to. Heath Ledger's Joker brought me back to that that Batman. I think where where Heath, I agree with you to an extent. I think Heath Ledger's Joker 
was more of a realistic dark yes. motherfucker. Yes. You know, had more of a realism to it. He and took that Joker shit. Because well, yeah, because of Christopher Nolan and the, the darkness that was already of Heath Ledger, whatever sure. sure. was fucking him up for sure at the time. Um but I think Jack kind of was the gateway drug to that. Jack made that okay. Jack showed for sure. sure. kind of set set a blueprint for that. For sure. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think Jack Nicholson have have to still holds that. Yeah, right. for sure. I but I when when I'm listing them just in presentation uh, alone, none of them called Batman a son of a bitch. None of them. None of them. I, I don't remember that any of them. Ever. Exactly. Even in the comics, I don't think Joker called Batman a son of a bitch. You know what's funny? I never. I didn't. I, I read. It. This is the dude that killed his mama. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess is that man. The dude that kills your mama calls you a son of a bitch. Well, see, that's like, the thing. That's the thing. It's is left open for interpretation. There's certain uh certain comics that paints Joker as the as the killer, and then others that don't. It's someone else. Um uh, see, you would see I wouldn't know that. I'm, yeah. I'm... See the the thing about it is like um, in the actual comics, the 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 killer is is a silhouette. You don't see the face. Um, okay. So it allows other storytellers to to then go in and say oh, like what if, almost, and and plug him into being the the the, the killer. But I don't I don't know that I ever imagined him being the the, the actual killer. Of his parents, I I kind of just you know think of him being as someone that wasn't even like around that moment. I don't even think I actually more so pictured Batman. I mean Joker being the age of Bruce Wayne, same age. I don't I I usually don't uh, imagine him being twenty five thirty years older than Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because some of the things that you would see Joker do, what, what 50, 60 year old man do you see jumping around doing all this? Yeah, I don't even have man, Jack did that, that shit. Jack did that shit. <laughs> Jack did it to Prince. He did. Knocking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> stuff in the museum and everything. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I think you played Jack to the left on the low, man, and that's not cool. Hey, you know what? I haven't seen the film itself in probably. You didn't see it, man. It's on HBO. It's on HBO Max, and like that's like one of the only movies that, that chills my daughter, man. For whatever fucking reason, that movie, <laughs> that movie, <laughs> kind of causes her to, to fall back a little bit. So and yeah. she gives me a break. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, hey, man. Great, great choice. I, I hey, you know. I, I even remember, like, as a kid, looking at that. And uh, that film and then some other Batman films, uh, like the, well, of course, the Tim Burton ones with. Um... The one with uh, Clooney and the, the nipples, right? Yes. The, the Batman suit with I, the nipples. I despise that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Batman with nipples will never be. <laughs> I will never get over that. Yeah. Um, and, and he, I don't he think nobody's forgiving him for that. No, he no one has, and I don't even think George Clooney has forgiven himself over it. Um, he yeah. shouldn't, yeah. And and it's also disturbing. Tim Burton disturbed me a lot as a kid because he did an extreme close up on the nipples 
on the crotch <laughs> and on the butt. Like he all like it was for everyone when Batman got dressed, when Robin got dressed, when Batgirl got dressed. <laughs> like that's all he did. Nipples, crotch, ass. Like every he was always going in that like it was just weird. It was like, come on, bro. Like, what is your fascination? What what is wrong with you? This so I, I kind of like try to dismiss. We're showing you some boy love in in the Batman narrative, man. You know, it's a Hollywood thing. It is a Hollywood thing, and I think that he was showing, he was showing you good man love. He's <laughs> 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 showing good man love with. With Batman nipples and, and Robin Crutch. It was always weird, man. Yeah, fuck was, that shit. That movie was shit. It was horrible. Outside of the main love, that movie was shit. Yes. Like, yeah. isn't that the movie where that motherfucker pulled out a Batman credit card and used that shit? Yes. Did he use a Batman credit card, like, all <laughs> in the opening? Where the fuck you gonna use this shit at? <laughs> man, get this bullshit out of here. Like, I about left the theater, I think, when I saw that shit. I might have did like, when I think about it. I said, yeah, I'm good. This motherfucker man pulling out Batman visas and shit. And using them in, in like regular hotels and shit. Like who the fuck accepted and swiped that shit? Only in Gotham, bro. I, like, a Batman visa? A Batman whatever the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. I, and and then I, he kinda looked in the camera. If I remember right, he like, he kinda looked in the camera or some shit. I think so. If I remember now, if I'm fucking the movie up to you, Batman Return fans, or whatever the fuck, whatever, which one we're talking about, you know, correct me, but I think he damn near publicized that he used a Batman credit card in this fucking movie. Yeah, which then, if you think back on it realistically, they can always trace it back to see who opened the, the credit card, I mean, the, the, the card account anyway. The fact that we even have to discuss that shit is, is, is ridiculous, man. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, who, what, what, who's, 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 who's financially backing that motherfucker? Like, we good, man. Like, I'm good. Yeah, Burton was, Burton took the check. Tim Burton took the check on that one, I, I, His Batman was just horrible. But I almost... That one. Now, the first one was, was, was the classic. Oh, yeah. The, the, the one with Michael Keaton was amazing. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not... I don't... I don't disregard it at all, but I do remember seeing specific uh, points in it where I'm thinking, as a kid, oh yeah, that's animation. Like, that's not a real shot. And and I, like that that to me, like I'm, and I think we've discussed this before. That's what yeah, we, we talked about this Joker bad because we discussed Joker, the yeah. Joker movie. So we kind of yeah, that, but that's that's this. that's one of the things that for me it, uh, holds a lot of weight with filmmaking is and I, I think that's why i respect uh christopher nolan so much is because he actually he tries to shoot as much uh, uh as he can that's real without having to uh uh use cgi stuff like that like he he if it's an explosion he wants to actually explode the thing not <laughs> you know not use cgi on it and and i respect that so but you know he's a he's a craftsman man yeah. You know, he, he puts yeah. he puts work into his into what he's what he's showing you on screen. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you I know. think that there's 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 a certain element with that that's always been a has had a special place in my heart uh with filmmaking. And I, I remember like specifically with these with these films, these Batman films, that's a drawing, that's a cartoon. That's not even that's not even real. Like what the hell? Like and and and, and that's at that's at six or seven years old. Like mm. 
picking that out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I, that's why I think I, I'm I'm so fascinated with these newer Batman films because, uh, well, aside from Justice League, which was absolutely atrocious, um, the 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 Ben Affleck portrayal to me was one that's probably he's the best Batman Bruce Wayne combo um that we've seen but just he's just he just has not had he's not had his you know his time and I understand why but you know it it would have been good to see him take over and do that on his own but I can't say I seriously watched you know I, I mean I've seen that Batman Superman what um I don't know the name. I forgot the name. Oh, uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn Justice. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was an underwhelming ass movie. A lot you know? of people have said that. I, I and um, so <laughs> you said you loved it. I loved it. I, there were certain elements of it that I did not like, like uh, the Jesse Eisenberg. I swear you tell me you didn't like that movie. You know, no, I, I didn't, well, I didn't like the the Lex Luthor portrayal and I also didn't like the doomsday portrayal but in terms of Batman and Superman themselves mm-hmm. the rest of the film I actually I really enjoyed it oh okay yeah so yeah. Are you gonna watch this this four hour six hour uh Snyder cut I will be watching it for sure <laughs> and, and you're gonna are you gonna sit and, and watch the whole four hours in one sitting or you, you or you don't know how you think that's gonna go ah uh, you know, I don't. Know. It's four hours, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. I don't. I listen. I watched that. That <laughs> I watched that Jackson. That's 5. the craziest shit. I watched that Jackson Five movie straight through. So no, you didn't. Well, yes, I did. The, I don't believe you watched that movie I straight did through. Too. I only the only time I okay, got that's bullshit. First, okay, but but see, the difference is that movie originally aired like over like four or five nights. Yeah, but you I know, watched it on, on TV. I watched it on BET. What about like? Seven, seven or eight years ago. You said and watched that. That's like six hours of that's shit. Six hours, yeah. It was a Saturday. I had nothing to do. You didn't watch the entire. <laughs> you didn't sit and watch the entire movie though, uninterrupted yes, in I nature did. for yes, six I fucking did. hours. Yes, I did. Yeah, do it again. We're gonna yes, watch. We're gonna live stream that shit. <laughs> that's gonna be the next. Uh, the next show for Patreon. We're gonna live stream your ass watching six hours of Jackson American Dream. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I swear on everything. I watched it straight through. The only time I got up was during commercial breaks when I needed to go to the bathroom and get some, get a snack. But I, I sat. Well, what was the problem with you? What was going on with you when when you was when you I when had you nothing to do that day, bro? Like that was literally nothing to do. So and 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 I you know I didn't feel like playing video games. I I, I didn't. I wasn't going out hanging out with friends like. I, I live too far away from to just go randomly do something with someone. So I just watched the movie. Felt you like took naps and shit, I imagine, throughout that. Throughout nope. that. Nope. Yeah. I, nope. And I, Bullshit. I, I love Michael Jackson, bro. I, I Bullshit. You didn't watch not six hours straight. I swear to God. Of a bio fucking pig and a family. I don't believe that shit. I swear to God. I don't believe that shit. Oh, I promise you. I promise right. you. I'm ask, ask, asking Keisha. I, I, I watched it. I trust. You me. know, I, 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 I mean, I, I, that was okay because it was a lot of weird parts of that movie. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it a million fucking times. I never watched that shit straight. 
You know what I mean? But, you know, throughout the years, they added, like, VH1 added, like, all the fucking time, especially, like, yeah. during some Black Music Month or, mm-hmm. like, when when, uh, when Michael Jackson died, they sold that shit, like, forever, all day, yeah. all the fucking time. And I think that's when... Shit like that. How long but, has Michael been gone? Like, almost 10 years, right? It's over 10 years, I want to say. Yeah. Well, well over maybe, 10 years. Maybe that's when I watched it, though. Yeah, I mean it's okay. Uh, I I didn't like you know it, it was it was some, it was some acting, some mediocre mediocre acting. You know, oh, definitely sure. some television based acting for sure. In it, but for it sure. was alright. I love the Temptations one better though. Oh yeah, much yeah yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I I, and I think that's like over. That was over a couple of nights too. So that was like six hours, maybe I want to say. Yeah, that that was a good one too. I um, I remember being a kid, sneaking to watch that Michael Jackson film though. Like, uh, my parents wouldn't allow us. I was a huge. Michael well, you had to sneak to watch the American Michael Jackson American Dream. It was that was on ABC. They didn't want us watching it. They didn't want. They were, the the Jacksons were Jehovah's Witnesses. I was like five. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I they didn't want us watching it though. Uh because I, I don't even think they knew it was gonna be like in the movie, so they were just like better safe than sorry type of thing. Um but yeah, we had this little black and white TV in our room, and I remember going and turn that on and turning it all the volume all the way down. And I'm watching you remember that that scene where um I think Michael Michael got into a was it Michael that got into a fight in front of the house? Or one of the other brothers. Uh, it wasn't Michael. It was one of the other brothers. Well, I don't know which one. But it wasn't Michael. Though. He talking about when Joe put uh, boxing gloves on him and shit. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, but I remember watching that scene. On I, the think that like, I think that was Jackie. I think that was Jackie. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I, yeah, I remember watching that and, and just trying to sneak and watch the movie. But you know, I just turned it off and went to sleep. But yeah. I, so me watching it straight through was my first time actually watching it. Um. After after he passed away, first scene that movie was when Joe Jackson got caught cheating by his wife when she when he went he sitting on her ass out to get some ice cream, but she went and got the phone from the security booth and heard him talking to his side bitch, you know, and talking about did you, did you get the money I sent you type of shit, and she walked in on his ass. <laughs> That was the best scene of that whole six, seven hours of that shit. You know, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you. Don't want you. Yeah, that Joe Jackson shit. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you. <laughs> that shit right there, boy. That shit stayed with you. Angela Bassett, man. Oh, man, I love Angela, man. Angela Bassett. She all right, man. I was talking to somebody about her. I like Angela Bassett, man, as an actress, as a black woman or whatever, but sometimes she brings too much damn Juilliard to her performances. <laughs> and, you know, it just, it's just it's just heavy. It's just too heavy. You know, it's like, you know... Every... I've never heard someone say that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just too much pronunciation to her damn performances sometimes. It ain't a bad thing, you know, but... yeah. It's just different. Yeah, it's just different. It's just different. I yeah. I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I like that Taraji shit. Say what now? I like that Taraji P. Henson shit. 
sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I, lo- I, I love her. I love her as well, but if I got to choose, I'm, I'm choosing Angelo. Too. If I got to choose, I'm taking Taraji all day. I'm choosing every day. First, man. I, I... Angela seems like she will correct your grammar and shit. Oh, I don't need that shit, man. Taraji, I like the, I, I take the Taraji approach. You know. You know. Anyway, man. <laughs> well, we stand to some other shit. Um, look, speaking of that, so I saw uh, Malcolm and Marie. Yes. We're comparing notes and shit. Yes. I saw it again, man. I saw it again. Did you feel Def- any different? Definitely a movie that's worth visiting twice. I will say that. Okay. And I walked away with pretty much much of the same shit. It's it's a, it's one particular scene I do want to throw at you though before mm-hmm. we go into the feature shit. Um, but I say this though, I do want to re- reiterate this shit. Zendaya, she carried that motherfucker. Oh, that was her movie, man. Definitely. I'm gonna have to see it again. She carried that. That was her movie. You know, yeah. I don't want to say carry in a in a way to. Uh, Slight the other actor because I, yes. you know, I got a little feedback from last week that it could be interpreted <laughs> as that. All right, but you know, no, I, I'll say something on that in a minute. But yeah, Zendaya, though, man, you know, she dynamic performance from that from that sister, man. Yes, I loved it. Yes. She she carried that shit. She she um, is absolutely phenomenal. And and again, I am I am. I appreciate that she took on a role that was uh, more mature. I yeah. appreciate that because um, I, again, I'm not, I'm not, <clears throat> I didn't watch her on her Disney shows, um, but um, um, I knew, she, I knew of her, but then when she she got on with the Spider Man films, um, you know, of course she's playing a high school student. So it's again she put into that that box of a younger character. It's it's hard to look at her as a twenty four year old woman. Um, and she she killed it. She she absolutely killed this film. So yeah, I agree with that. Well, we're circling back, man. Just to reiterate, yeah. Um, after doing the whole show about it, you know, it's definitely worth. Or something about just to reiterate, I, I saw it again. You know, I, I had a little downtime and I caught it again. Um, you know, for it being, you know, the, the, the style of movies, you know, it's not hard to just kind of sit and chill with, right? But right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, and I never, like I said, I don't know if I said it in the last conversation we had about the movie, but I had never really been exposed to it, yeah. um, during the Disney era or anything. She would really done I know I followed her in the media you know I followed her you know through through uh you know blogs or whatever mm-hmm. but I, I don't have to really see much of her work because like the whole Disney thing is not really something I've you know as far as the TV show shit right. you know it's not something I really was would be something I would be drawn to right um right, right. And a couple of movies I know she's done I had this happen called like she did a movie with Hugh Jackman I think it's supposed to be based on Barman Bailey or something. I know she's in that. Oh, yeah, that I gotta go catch. Um, but you know, I, I but my point is I haven't really been familiar with it. But this right here, you know, was just you know the best introduction. 
I think to it, and you know, we'll pay a lot more attention to it. I just like the movie though. You know, as far as the the John David Washington thing, like, look, man, all I'm saying is, is that the the vocal shit, man, the vocal the, the vocal resemblance of the most iconic motherfucker to ever be on screen can create a distraction for me personally. You know, yeah. me personally watching the brother on screen. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. You know what I mean? I really don't know. You know, I, I just, the work I've seen, you know, has been, you know, work that has been, you know, not necessarily um, complimented by the fact he sounds like Denzel Washington. Right, 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 right. So, you know, I don't know. He's a, he's a young guy. I'm sure he's got a, a very huge career ahead of him. This is not, you know, his defining movie as the last ones weren't. You know, maybe we'll see more. But you know, to to this right here, man, I just I just heard Zendaya, you know, getting mad and arguing with Denzel Washington. That is what I heard. You know, what I mean, when I hear the fucking movie, that's what I hear. I hear Zendaya going at it with Denzel Washington, like a younger, vibrant ass Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, now when I look at the movie, you know, of course I can I can see it for what it is, but yeah, you know, that does create an issue for me, and that's just my honest take on that. I, I and I get that you you um you're not even the first person that I've heard say that. There's a lot, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot of people that have actually brought that up. Um, that that that's something you you just hear. Um, when 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 he's talking and it is becoming something that he needs to address because of the fact that as he's moving into other um, projects, you don't want to hear that. I, I honestly, acting-wise... You don't have to address it. Just deal with the fact that motherfuckers look like me, that motherfuckers sound like this or what? Well, no, as I said, like, like you said, though, with him going to a vocal coach and, you know, kind of working on that a little bit, I think that would be, right. I think that would be beneficial. But acting wise, I would love to see him actually do a project with Denzel. But it, it, it if if he continues, you know, but wouldn't that be a goddamn spectacle? That... Right. No, <laughs> 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 but good. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting uh, to see them. You know, father and son. I would love to see that, but he's got to he's got to change his inflections a little bit for sure. Oh, it, it it's just you know I think it'll just it'll help you know as far as just the you, the distinction elements yes. of his career. Yeah, you know the ability because we already know who he is. He has the name. He has the reputation. You know to be able to do something else vocally and just invest something into this creating another you know audible representation of himself yeah you know could help yeah just 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 a, just a dude with a podcast i don't know yeah but anyway <laughs> um that's all i got man you know i revisited that movie. But it was a great movie i will say that it was a great movie both of them did a great job you know i just felt like you know zendaya Shit, man. You know, it was her film. I, I agree. You know, er, you know, everybody can't win. But um, <laughs> other than that, you know, uh, I think I pretty much saw uh, uh, 
yeah, the movie we're going to discuss, and uh, yeah, the next movie that we're going to do a feature with, American Skin. That's it. So I don't want to talk too much about. I actually don't want to talk about American Skin at all. Yeah, not on this goddamn show. Not, not, not with this episode. Let's just say <laughs> two of these together. No, but um, but yeah, American Skin. I did catch that. Uh, like I said, I revisited Malcolm Memory. Um, Batman. Y'all go catch that if you haven't. You know, give us your opinion on that 1989 Batman. But other than that, man, we can uh. We can wrap this up and jump into this feature conversation of Julius and the Black Messiah. Sure. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I will learn. These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. We should be good. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. So that is Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, released this year, 2021, directed by Shaka King, written by uh, Shaka King, and uh, what's this guy, Wes? uh Beerson also by uh the comedic duo. You you've heard of these guys, D? Uh I think they call the uh Lucas brothers, Kenneth Lucas and Keith Lucas. I can't say that. Writing credits, yes. So um yeah, starring uh Daniel Kalua and uh Lakeith Stanfield, who we're gonna reserve mm. conversation about them until a little bit later on. Mm. But um you know, I'm going to go ahead and do what I do and give you just a little brief synopsis. As most of you all know, you know, it's pretty simple. This tells the story of the late, great, legendary, revolutionary uh, Fred Hampton, Chairman Fred Hampton, and the motherfucker that betrayed him, uh, William O'Neill, who is the Judas element of the title. 
and uh, basically goes into how COINTELPRO and the FBI took out uh, a 21-year-old Fred Hampton during a period where he was becoming one of the most, uh, definitely, definitely one of the most influential uh, leaders in Chicago um, that potentially nationwide as the FBI was pretty much intimidated by. So, um, you know, it talks about how there were, <clears throat> excuse me, infiltration efforts uh, put in place by the FBI that William O'Neill uh, directly facilitated. And with that, I'm going to open up the floor to uh, to my co-host and brother, Derek. Derek, give me, give me your input, man. Give me, break this down. I mean, mm. shit. Hey, what up? What's up? So, I think I, I think we had actually briefly discussed this uh, this project coming out um, months. We ago. did. There's a few. I was like, like maybe last year, year before last. Like yeah. Um, and I did not want to see because I, I think I remember telling you I I honestly I knew of Fred Hampton but I didn't know his story. So I wanted to, I wanted this project to be the, the, um, the, uh, the thing that told it to me before I go into a deep dive uh, of, of everything involving him or any other documentaries or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me. But, um, <sighs> man, this was, um, This was a great film. I I will say though, I wish the only thing that I wish that they had done differently with this was to show us how Fred got inspired to uh uh be who he was. Um I wanted a I wanted a um at least a brief what maybe 10 minutes spent on on the early part of his life. Um, before just jumping into the Black Panther Party, because I think that is probably just as important as what he did is is the why. Um, but I think Daniel Kaluuya, um, I think he did a phenomenal job. He actually, from what I've heard of Fred Hampton, um, um, um like some playback on 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 him he sounded he sounded <clears throat> like him um and i appreciated that i i honestly and i know we've talked about this before um he actually talked about this on the breakfast club last friday if i'm not mistaken <clears throat> um but uh charlamagne asked him uh what does he have to say about um uh black people with the uh, criticism that um, Britons should not play black stories. And I think we've discussed that on the show before. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, he, he said, you know, he, he completely understands it and he, he, um, he acknowledges where that's coming from. Um, forgot his full quote but and I don't want to misquote him on this but I think it's something that um I think he would that's the conversation he would like to actually explore a little more and to to understand the you know the ins and outs 
And I think if if from what I from what I understood, if that's something that is a, a strong consensus of something that you know black people in general just do not want to see, I mm-hmm. think he will actually back away from doing these portrayals. Um, but I'm not sure if that's something that has been something that he is fully uh, uh, in. Uh, acknowledged in terms of something that is going to be a thing that's done now but i think is i think it's something he's working toward um but man he he played the hell out of this role and i would like to also say um deborah johnson the 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 character deborah deborah johnson i believe was phenomenal dominique fishback again we've discussed her on um uh, what was the name of that film? The um, Jamie Foxx movie. Jamie Fox, I don't remember. Project Power. Yes. Yes. I was trying to figure out the entire movie <clears throat> who she was because I knew I, was, I had seen her, but I, I didn't recognize that that was her. And 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 when I went back to, to, to check it and see that was her, I'm like, oh my God, man. She played the hell out of this role too. Beautiful sister too. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, yeah. I, I like I not like I love the fact that this film actually showed um, black women in the Black Panther Party. Like mm. not just because whenever we hear about the Black Panther Party, we're 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 usually talking about the 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 men that are in it. We don't really discuss the women too much, and to see that portrayal of strong black women. Um, doing everything they that they did in this in this story was amazing i i want to actually see i want i want i want to see more films about the black panther party because because they've had different chapters all over the the country you have different stories to tell so this is in chicago um Mm -hmm. i would love to see one here in georgia in atlanta um, how, how that, what that story was like, you know what I'm saying? Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was around the same time as the missing. No, was it around the same time as the missing and murdered children? No, no, no. no this was years before that. Before and then, that. And the parents didn't really come to the south. Okay, okay. The parents didn't really come to the south. But they were in Georgia, though, right? No, no. Not at all. I not, not, not during the time of, of the heyday when you're talking about the '60s and the '70s. They didn't really have an establishment during in, during the South during okay. that time, and ironically, that's because of the Nation of Islam. They wouldn't allow that shit. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that's that's a whole other story. See, that's a whole story we can. <laughs> that's that's. But um, that's yeah, a lot of people right don't know that, but you know, the Panthers did not have a presence in the South, particularly in Atlanta. Um, yeah, it just that's that's just not something that translated in the South. Now, in later years. Uh, when you're talking about uh, the new Black Panthers and shit, you know, within like the, the 90s and going to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and you saw more of that Panther presence in the South, but, you know, that was just a re- reinvention, mm-hmm. Panther 2.0, yeah. um, or a bunch of two dudes who were inspired by the Panther legacy and shit. Yeah. Um, old school Panthers didn't endorse these people, so it's, it's, a, okay. it's a, you know, but I digress. Okay. But no, I wasn't a Panthers in the South. Okay, but again, I, there, the 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 story 
uh, of the Black Panther Party in general. I think you know, in whichever states, I I would like to 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 see those. Um, but I think there's there's a lot more to be told. I, I really even uh, with Huey Newton is a is a whole story that I think still hasn't really been told as much as I I think it should be. I agree. Because <laughs> again, we don't talk about his uh, schooling. You know, like I think he got a PhD in social science, I think something like that. Um, that would be something that I think would be nice to implement into a film, like all of that, just the beginning. And I think that's where this film. Um, I know it was a long story, I mean a long film, so it, they probably didn't have the um wherewithal to 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 add that to it, mm-hmm. but just to to include the 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 beginning like how these guys even got associated with the black panther party would have been uh would have been amazing to see but um uh this guy jesse plemons that played roy mitchell um he's starting to scare me man i like (laughs) (laughs) I've seen him in some stuff where he's 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 playing his role way too well. Like it's it's too good, it's too good. The only I think the only because he got like that. Uh, what's my man? Uh, the dude who played the white supremacist in pretty much every damn movie for a minute. But he's a, he's actually one of them uh, white hip hop influenced dudes. God, what's his name? Come on, dude. He's got a podcast and everything. He's been around for a long time. He played. Uh, in higher learning, remember higher learning, the white guy that was in higher learning that shot Tyra Banks and shit. Somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, was, but yeah, he played like the white supremacist role so fucking well, you thought this dude got to be a goddamn white supremacist. Like, there's no way he can be so so pure in his white supremacy on screen. Yeah, it's it's almost so yeah, like I feel Mike, you. Michael Rappaport. That's him, Rappaport, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Yeah, like he's played, he please he's played like that asshole racist like so many times. Too well. Similar to what you're talking about with this dude. Too well. Yeah, I, yeah. This guy, he's he's just do, he's doing he's doing that way too well. I I mean uh, that's a testament to to his skills if he's not a racist. Um, but uh, one thing <laughs> I will say, <laughs> one thing I will say, Martin Sheen playing J. Edgar Hoover. Um, he did a great job, but I, I'm not a fan of the makeup. The prosthetic that he that he was wearing, I was not a fan of at all. Mm. Um, that's probably my only criticism, like my deep deepest criticism with this film was was that. Um, I, Lakeith Stanfield. I, mean, I know we're gonna talk about him a little later, but my God, this guy. My God, <laughs> he plays a snake so well. <laughs> he he plays a snake so well. I, this right. I don't know, and I, I probably I didn't even see who the casting director was, but they got the white woman. Well, she, yeah, that blew, yeah, we'll talk about that shit later yeah, on. But go ahead. I blew me away. I didn't even know, <laughs> but she did a good job. She did a good job, you know. Wait, wait, wait. What? I may be wrong on that. It's a lot of it's so much white production. But go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, Alexa F- uh, Fogel. 
That's what it is. Yeah, the white woman. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. She 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 did a thing with 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 this. This is I I'm I don't have a complaint about any specific role, um, on this film. This was this was really done very well. Um, uh, Lil Rel Howery, I think, was kind of a bit random. I think he's actually starting to try to take on serious roles so that he's not put in that box. But I think to me, to me, it might be a little too late for him uh, with that. And I mean, never say never, but I, I can't really take him serious with roles uh, in terms of, you know, it, it being a drama. I, I don't know that I can take him too seriously with it, mm. you know. Um, but I mean, he did a, he did a he did a good job with his part. Um, I I I love this movie. I this might be, and I'm 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 I don't know how this is gonna work if they're gonna release these uh, um, films on on Blu-ray, the ones that are releasing on on HBO this year. They should. I'm, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think they're gonna uh, avoid it. But this is one that I would actually buy. This is one I would buy. Um, I I I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. I'll I'll let you say what you, uh, your piece on this because I don't want to take too much up. But I, I think I think the casting was was very well done. And uh, Ryan Coogler, Ryan Coogler was was the producer on this as well, I believe. Um, yeah, he made his wife actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, to me, anything that he's attached to. I already have a, a a high expectation for now. He's now put himself in that sphere. I think for me back uh since um Fruitvale Station, um, which you know, anything that he's attached to, I have a high expectation for. Right. So he delivered yet again on this. I mean, very well done. I agree. Um I would agree. Shout out to uh, Dominique Fishback. That's who we were talking about earlier. You know, since we're talking about the casting. Uh, Dominique Fishback. Yes. Um, like you said, Jesse Plemons. I mean, casting, I actually had no problem with at all uh, as far as the main cast is concerned. Really, you know, casting, period. Um, yeah. The dude who played, uh, I think he played... Uh, Randy, I'm not Randy, uh Ralph in the new edition story on BET. Yes. Um yeah. he has he has a a role in here. Um I guess that's Algie Smith, I believe his name is. Yes, it's uh Jake Winters. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, solid cast, man. <clears throat> Very solid cast. Uh we mentioned Dominique Fishback, can't say enough about her. A beautiful translation of a woman that really history really hasn't told us too much about. Yes, you know, outside of the fact that she was, you know, his 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 lady and the mother of his child. She was involved with him in the revolution, but you know, history doesn't really tell us too much about this sister, and um, not in the way it should. I should say, and this is a great introduction to her and the sacrifice that she made. You know, as far as. Um, bringing the child into the world absent of a father who basically died for the people, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that this movie exists 
because it, it, it at least it at least gives you that you know by walking by watching this movie and walking away you at least walk away with the knowledge and the idea and the understanding that this man uh, fred hampton died for the people for sure for sure can i ask you something about that though with sure. his relationship yeah. with her um because yeah. i remember at the beginning of the film um uh bill was trying to flirt with one of the um women in the room and fred approached him and 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 reminded him that we don't do that these mm-hmm. are our comrades and I, I i found it interesting that he 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 got on bill about that mm-hmm. then turned around and got with deborah do you, well, think, I mean, do you think that's that was against that whole rule that they had in place or it was it was just you know it is what it is no because you know with the with the with the scene we saw with how him and Deborah kind of got together. We saw a couple of scenes, Rob, mm-hmm. that that led to you know that connection between them. How she approached him, mm-hmm. you know, um, after his his speech. I, I guess uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be Malcolm X College or if that was an announcement about Malcolm X College. But when uh, he spoke at her school yeah. or whatever, you know, we saw that 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 connection begin, and then you know, ultimately the intimacy. When um, they were sharing a workspace, yes. you know, where the O'Neill dude was like, you know, in the middle of of an actual class and in the middle of actual Panther business, he was veering off into some other shit. So yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't associate the two. Okay, okay, because that that was the only thing that threw me off with this. But I'm there sure. are some things that there, there is. There are a couple of things you I mean that wasn't one of them to me. But there are a couple of things in the movie that threw me off too, though. Yeah, like what? Yeah. Well, um, well, let me get to that. Let me get to that. You know, let me let me because I'm, I'm gonna approach it like this. Honestly, <laughs> um, the way I'm approached discussing this movie or, or critiquing this movie is from this from this avenue right here. All right, it's fifty fifty to me. The half and half approach I, I, I take is, you know, half of this movie, or I, I should say half of me really believes this movie is very necessary, and it, and it is. Um, very good story, very well acted performance-wise. There's a uh, little room for criticism. But then the other half of this movie is, uh, is a little different, you know, as far as the choices that were made, mm-hmm. as far as how the story was told you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. the choices that were made as far as how some of the characters were portrayed and the way this movie interpreted some of the decisions and some of the motivations of some of the characters all right okay so um i don't i forgot the question you just asked me as far as uh what i thought about some no the um you said that you had some um you had some uh other issues with the with the film Okay. Uh, the trails, I think. All right. So, so let's just okay. As far as casting, I didn't even say this. You know, as far as what I did like about the film, mm-hmm. uh, Lakeith Stanfield. We can uh, talk about him, but I'll just say I'll just give away a little bit of my position and say, um, excellent performance. Yeah. All right, very good performance. Same as far as Daniel Kaluuya, excellent performance. There's more I can say that I want to say about those two, mm-hmm. but just off the rip, you know, give away my position a little bit. Excellent performances from, from both of those guys. Um, but as far as best supporting actress that I would give this role, uh, uh, give 
uh, credit to in this room as far as a standout, like breakout performance. Mm -hmm. uh, what's this sister's name? It's goddamn, uh, oh, it's two Dominiques in this movie that hold it down, ironically. Uh, Dominique Fishback, who played Deborah Johnson, uh, Fred Hampton's lady, and, and everything. Of course, we, we, we spoke about her. But also Dominique Thorne. That goddamn Dominique Thorne. Yes. Who played Judy Harmon, Captain Judy Harmon. Yes. And this shit. I love her. <laughs> the, 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 the solid, goddamn hard nose, you know, um, just, 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 just hardcore revolutionary expression yes. that you found in this movie was through her, you know. And ironically, you know, a little bit I read about on this movie, a little bit I read up on, rather on this movie this is a fictionalized character really you know yeah she's like the shorty of the movie like you know how shorty and malcolm x the spike yeah. lee character is pretty much some made up shit yeah um it's this this is kind of the same here like this is a fictionalized character but to mm -hmm. me this character was the most dominant of all characters like you want to talk about somebody who had toe-to-toe -to -toe scene while who ate up some scenery with lakeith stanfield yeah you know what i mean Sister held her own. She didn't play games. Sister held her own, man. Um, this, she was my favorite performance, you know, of the film. Yeah, I can see My that. favorite performance. I, I, I really liked her character. But uh, I will say this, though. You mentioned, I do remember what you said earlier. You mentioned some decisions that were made with the film. You know, I think you asked him about, and yeah, I told you that I had some issues with some decisions that were made with the film. So I used this particular sister and her role to kind of, um, kind of veer into that okay. that observation alright so like I said Dominique, Dominique Thorne uh, she played Judy in the movie to me she was the, she was the most you know uh, most interesting character the most uh, attention grabbing character in the film right? right but the scene that disturbed me with this movie um, is kind of where I'm going to spring into with my criticism of the movie. All right. She, um, you, can, you, you remember the scene where they went to, uh, they, they, they had just met with the, uh, with the crimes, with the gang, right? Yeah. And one of the, the, the dudes who, the Keith Stanfield, uh, or William O'Neill, rather, who, uh, the character who early in the film, he, you know, he, he, he stole the dude's car. Yes. The character who, who tried to, you know, to go at him for the dude, you know, taking the dude's car. Mm -hmm. He recognized him in that meeting with the game. Yeah. Where Judy, Captain Judy, you know what I mean? She she peeped the bullshit. She peeped, she peeped the situation. You know what I mean? That dude's dude essentially called him out for being a cop or having a badge. Yeah. So when Judy recognized that, you know what I mean? In this movie, right, in the movie, as after that scene was dropped, you know what I mean, uh, Chairman Fred and the head of the dude was Terry, who, again, who I like, I enjoy him in this movie, but that's my guy from Atlanta. That's, that's, uh, that's Tracy. Tracy, I think his name was. Tracy from Atlanta. That's uh, the cousin, you know, goddamn crazy-ass role in Atlanta. We're glad to see him in this one. Um, I don't have his name in front of me right here. I have to pull it up. But, um, you know, after that scene where they had kind of, you know, came to some sort of, sort of understanding with the crowns or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. As Fred Hampton is leaving, 
He has a gun in his hand. Dude disarms him. Captain Judy or whatever pulls Fred to the side. And they discuss, at least what, I, what appears it has to be, what uh, Judy observed in yeah. that meeting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hampton is exposed to that information from Judy. Mm-hmm. But yet, the filmmaker chose to show Judy as the one to confront Keith. Yeah. Or, or William O'Neill, rather. Yeah. Bill. Instead of having Fred involved in that. Yeah. And to me, I think that was a huge failure of the film. You know, even though that was the best scene or one of the best scenes in the movie when yeah. Judy went at his ass. You know what I mean? And confronting him about, you know, possibly about being a snitch, basically, and, and her suspicions of being a snitch. That was the best scene. One definitely one of the best scenes of the movie. Sure. But I I feel like the fact that we know that Fred Hampton, from this film perspective, was aware of that suspicion or that observation of Judy, yeah. we should have at least seen on screen his his response to that. I agree with that. That would have gave us a better a, approach to, to to the Fred Hampton that, like you said, that we didn't know. Yeah, that I really feel like another criticism I have of this movie, which I'll go deeper into, is that that we we don't know Fred Hampton. We don't know really much about Fred Hampton as a man in his life, like you said before the Panthers. Um, you know what led him to the Panthers and all that. We don't really see that Fred Hampton in this movie. Now, in all fairness, maybe that's not the intention of the movie. All right, maybe that was never the intention of the movie. Maybe the entire intention of the movie was to portray the portrayal of Fred Hampton. But um, this is not a biopic. Right. All right, and, and that's, whether it's a criticism or not, that's my observation. This is not a biopic. Yeah. And um, yeah. for this to be a biopic, we would have to know more about the man Fred Hampton. And scenes like that, though, that I just told you about, mm-hmm. kind of robbed us of that, you know. Yeah. I really wish, and, and this this goes into uh, areas where I, I know I may get to some sticky territory, mm-hmm. but this is this is areas where, where where and I say this all the time on this podcast, and I'm gonna keep saying it. The things you see on screen in any major, especially a major motion Hollywood picture, Hollywood production, or whatever, mm-hmm. the things you see on that screen are 100 absolutely deliberate. There are no accidents. There's no happenstance. Mm-hmm. There's very little room for motherfuckers just to say, oh, that shit is just, just because. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason behind every image and every narrative you see on that screen. For sure. There is a reason why Warner Brothers <laughs> and the 16 or 17 producers of this movie, half of which are not black. Yeah. All right. Um, there's a reason why they chose to have the interpretation of that confrontation. Rather, that, that that image, that confrontation of a very pivotal moment like that, there's a reason why that was exercised through the, the power of a black woman and not a black man. I'll just say it like that. Right? Dive into it. Dive into it. Well, because uh, black male aggression is very, very, uh, very filtered mm-hmm. through the dominant mainstream media you know, expression. Mm-hmm. They're very particular about how they show black male aggression, particularly black male strength where a black man defending himself or fighting against uh, a system of white supremacy or, uh, or the establishment of any sense. 
you don't really see images of black men bucking up against that shit, right? Right, right. So to have Fred Hampton do that shit where a, a, a black man um, confronts a potential accuser or a potential, I don't even accuser, uh, that's not the word, a potential uh, informant mm-hmm. or a snake, you know, uh, pretty much a, a, a traitor to his race, to have Fred Hampton make that confrontation, you know, yeah. the, the strength of the movie, I mean, come on, you don't want to show that. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I actually thought that he was going to say something. I was actually shocked. It, I mean, it just made no sense. Yeah. There was, that made no sense as to why, okay, I mean, I see why they allowed her to, to, to peep it. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? She peeped it because she was the, the, the aggression. I mean, she was the hardcore, hard body with the shits of, of, of what we saw of the Panthers, right? She represented that. And I like that. I didn't have a problem with that. For she sure. held it down. She, she sure. did her job for that. She observed most potentially the threat, but she was the one to also confront the threat. Yeah. And I, I thought next yeah. to the chairman, who like you see her, you know, chopping it up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very quick. Yeah, you know, they, it is very subtle. But she confronts Fred Hampton about what the issue is. But we right. never see his response to that. Some shit like that. Right, right. And I, and I thought it's not, I, that's not a mistake. It's not. It's not. And I, I thought that um, when they did show. Um, that someone was in the back seat. I was thinking that it was going to be him. I just figured, okay, maybe they just put him in. The it was a random black dude who actually was playing uh, sideline to the to the to the sisters. Like he was yeah. pretty much backing her up. Yeah, like that's just deliberate. You know, they they showed that type of strength. They showed that type of aggression from the from the perspective of a black woman. Yeah. Because you know, they don't want to show that shit from a black man's perspective. Because white men don't pay for black aggression, black male aggression. Right. Right. It's just what it is, yeah. You know, and I think this film kind of, kind of facilitated that and perpetuated that bullshit. Um, and that's that's one criticism I have of it is that the very when you when you start this movie, man, when this movie starts, it starts to a, a musical sequence that's talking about revolution, revolution, yeah. revolution, right? Yeah. yeah. That to me is very, very key because that is exactly what that man died for. The yes. idea of revolution. And that exactly is what America really needs. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a revolutionary and I am propagating the overthrow of no fucking government. I'm not saying that shit. I'm not propagating that shit. All right. But I am saying that this country needs a radical change. This country needs some type of, of not particularly, no, forget that. Forget the country shit. Black people, goddammit. Yeah. yeah. Black people within this country yeah. need a radical change. Fuck the country. Black people within this country, the black man particularly, needs a revolutionary change in how he sees the world and how he approaches the world. So for this to be a movie about a black man, I mean, make no mistake about it, this movie is about a black man who died for black people. The name of the fucking movie is Black Messiah. Yes. Right? So basically there would be no movie without black. Yes. Right? So (laughs) with that being the case, then... The revolutionary shit this movie it instantly talks about or kind of introduces you through to the music sequence, revolution, is the solution <laughs> to all of this shit. It's the only approach, right? What the, how we approach that shit, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So with that said, this man who died for 
the, the revolutionary existence of black people and who live for that essentially, you know, to have a movie that doesn't really show you his genesis into that. Right. You know, and what inspired that into him. It's a little bit of a robbery. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because you're this was this, this was a Warner Bros. production from top to bottom. Let's 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 not let's not let's not make no mistake about that. This was a Warner Bros. production from top to bottom, mm-hmm. as Malcolm X was, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. difference between this and Malcolm X, this, the reason why I cannot put this in the category of a Malcolm X, because Malcolm X, even though it came on a Warner Brothers. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why a movie, um, these two stories particularly came out of that particular studio. I'm going to mention that, or don't let me forget that. Okay. But, um, the, you know, Warner Brothers, this is a Warner Brothers production. So being the Warner Brothers production is going to have a Warner Brothers narrative value. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There has to be a villain. There has to be a hero, Right. So another criticism I have of this, and I'm going to get your input on this, is that even though William O'Neill was a motherfucker, right? He was a snake motherfucker. Yeah. Right? There are some factors about him that this movie totally did not address. Totally did not address. And I think that was done with the sole purpose to make this man a, a solid, formidable, cinematic villain to the Fred Hampton character. Yeah. And that to me was robbery to the movie. To the history. Fuck the movie. To the history. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm sick and tired of the history of our people playing backseat to our movies. It doesn't have to be a a, a a compromise. You know, they like to make you think it is like, oh it doesn't matter. You can be this color. You can be that color. This is creative license and this is, you know, but there needs to be some type of uh, like, like I might have mentioned last week about uh, some of them we're talking about. Could have been Malcolm and others. I don't know. But there's going to have to be some type of policing, some type of, um, yeah. and I hate that word, policing. So there's going to have to be some type of consultation that Black people have to stories like this deeper than what, than what we have right now. Because what I saw with the William O'Neill character was a dude who was, who was over-villainized. For the sake of telling us and selling the story, which which character? The William O'Neill character, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, from from from, from one thing, you know, and I'm gonna back up all this. I want you to, I want to get your input on this. But for one thing, man, the reason why I say he was he was overly villainized was because, from what I understand the history of William O'Neill and his relationship that the FBI pretty much imposed on him mm-hmm. in many respects is that he began to discover this dude, Fred Hampton, is not the terrorist threat to America that you're making him out to be. He began to realize that. You know what I mean? He was not as the movie was correct in portraying him in, 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 the, in the sense that he was not a socially engaged dude. You know what I'm saying? He was not a dude that was really aware of uh, the, the 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 contributions of black leadership to his people. He, he wasn't that dude. You know what I mean? He was a street dude. Right. He was a, he was a common criminal who was actually 17 years old, which I want to talk a little bit more about that later on too. But 17. The dude was 17 in 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 the real life. In the story. No, no, no. In real life. In so, this, so in it, real life, he was actually he was actually seventeen. Yes, 
William O'Neill was 17 years old when he got oh. caught up in this shit. Yeah, they should have. You know, but, but hold on, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But look, my point is that the, this dude, the biggest, the, the, what, where this movie really, I feel, let black people down and let history down is that this dude began to see at some point, like, wait a minute, this motherfucker is not what you're making him out to be. He's not what you're selling me to be. But the FBI, through their, you know, demonic, disastrous ways, you know what I mean, pretty much influenced this dude and beat this dude. Not saying he was a victim, you know what I mean? Not saying he was a victim and not saying he wasn't worthy of whatever, you know, punishment that he received or torture, mental torture he received. But I felt like they made him too complicit, a little bit too complicit to this shit. They what he really was. Do you you know, know, this movie showed him to be being there gleefully helping the FBI do this shit. Like eating steak and shit with this motherfucker. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it just it just it just showed him it just showed him in the light that I just from what I understand of the history, from what I understand of the history, mm-hmm. was not what William O'Neill, a 17-year-old kid, was interacting with. And you know, I mean, I didn't even know, I, I would have never known this dude was 17 until I just happened to read up on this shit. And I think I read an article in the LA Times that talked about the movie. And it happened to mention that in real life, the real way more was 17. Lakeith Stanfield, as great as he did in this movie, and as a great actor he was, he did not sell me as a 17-year-old kid. No. I I, 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 would, I didn't walk away with that. I never knew, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that from watching this movie. Yeah. Except, except though they did, they did. The movie attempts to tell you that though. The, the movie did make an attempt to tell you this was supposed to be a very young man when the beginning scene, when he um, went into the uh, bar to do the robbery or whatever, right. and the shit went left and the dude head butted his head, his hat fell off and all that shit. And somebody in the film, I think, when the dude said, oh, "He's just a kid," you know, like. It was meant to, the movie meant to attempt to tell you that shit. Yeah. But I missed it. I didn't get you that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I, if you had not told me that, I wouldn't have realized that that was supposed to be his real age. I didn't, I didn't realize it. And it, it makes sense, though, because I'll tell you this. It makes a lot more sense. It really well, does. it makes sense because Fred had the number 21. Right, right. So those days, we're talking about very young people. Right. I mean, if 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 we were if you and I as seventeen were caught up in that position that uh, Bill O'Neill was in, I'm pretty sure you and I would have at least considered. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, it, 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 it at least needs to be considered. Yeah. That this was a seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, we don't know what the nature of his parents was involved in this shit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but I do know. That the FBI made very, very uh, just low round, demonic, whatever you want to call it, just nefarious attempts to keep this dude dedicated to this portrayal. You know, this wasn't something that he was told. I mean, this film portrayed him as somebody that was in there working literally with the FBI. You know what's funny though? I actually picked up on the fact that he. I mean, you you could tell that there was a... Even though, okay, let me walk that back. There was Even a- though he really was working with the FBI, 
but they made it look as if it was too much of a of a of a pleasure for him, too much of a there's something he was just totally complicit with. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was just totally complicit with it. This way you're going to know from this movie was absolutely just cool with the idea of what he was doing. Yeah, no, and, and I I I picked up on the fact that of course this was just like you're stuck in a between a rock and a hard place, and that I that's why like even though he was uh the the villain of the film, I actually didn't um. I understood. What what the villain race should have been the FBI. Yes. No, the the villain is definitely the FBI. But um and, and, and J. Edgar Hoover. But um uh in particular. But Bill's Bill's decision to cooperate with them was more so out of necessity than uh desire. Um, and I picked up on that uh, uh, a little bit later because you could tell that he was actually starting to like, oh, yeah, this is like, I understand what this man Fred is is, is trying to do. Um, and it, 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 I could see that, but I definitely did not pick up on the fact that he was a kid, a 17-year-old kid, which like you said, makes sense because Fred Hampton was 21. Um Oh. You know, considering too, uh, somewhere I read that the original people cast for this film, what they were really considering for this film, was uh, O'Shea Jackson, who was Ice Cube's son, you know, from NWA, and uh, as Fred Hampton, and nice. uh, yeah, and uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's kid, as I, William O'Neill. I actually wouldn't have been mad at Jaden Smith. I wouldn't have been mad at that because he can pull off that seventeen-year-old look. I, if I'm not mistaken, he's somewhere and he's like, he's he's somewhere like around twenty twenty-one. I think he could have pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at Bill O'Neill as a early as me, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, that's what I came up though. But the movie does. You know, I I do remember. I saw it maybe like three times already now. Oh, you but know. I remember like when I first saw it that you know it said something about you know him being a kid within that particular scene, like it's just yeah. a kid or whatever. But you know I didn't really equate that to him being a literal kid. Yeah, you know, damn near yeah. Kid. I just I just equated it to just being a young dumb you know, guy. Right. You know? Yeah, that 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 makes a difference. But uh, so moving on to uh, to other parts of the story. Um, but yeah, man. So yeah, I had an issue with that. That uh, even though I, 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 like I said, I love the Judy character uh, by Dominique Thorne, uh, my favorite performance in the whole movie. Yes, I feel like there's some politics that was played as far as um, that very pivotal scene yeah. as to why she was the one to 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 execute that instead of having uh, the Fred Ham- the Fred uh, Hampton character involved in that. So. You know, I, I didn't really care for that. A um, couple other things, though, you know, like we kind of talked about, I want to expound on that this movie really... See, the thing about... Because we mentioned Warner Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. See, Warner Brothers, the reason why Malcolm X and the reason why 
even though Warner Brothers did have their moments in that film where you could see there was some some uh, dominant society influence in Malcolm X, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why Malcolm X still stands the test of time as a the greatest film representation of the life of Malcolm X in a legendary movie, which is really unrivaled. Like, we don't need another movie on Malcolm X, honestly, right? right? In many respects, I'll say that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, but that's, that's, but as far as, if, I, I'll say that, if we, if we never got one, right, exactly. it'll be okay mm -hmm. because of what Spike did with that Malcolm X, right? Yeah. He actually captured the life of Malcolm from beginning, middle to end in that. This movie, as I mentioned earlier, does not do that. We still need something else because this movie only touched on the things that were really most important, I believe, to a lot of what Fred Hampton was. One, um, it touched on, um, you know, the fact, the whole uh, sickle cell, you know, as we, we, we saw uh, that there was a part of the film where he talked about the clinic. He had a desire to open up a clinic yeah. or something in Chicago. And a lot of people don't know that it was through the efforts of Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers of Chicago, that they discovered uh, the sickle cell trait and how prevalent it, was, pre prevalent it was in Black people, particularly, you know, early on, they discovered it in Black children, how, you know, how subjective we was to that particular trait. You know, the Panthers discovered that. A lot of people don't realize that, that today, right now, you know, Black people have that knowledge that we are so subjected to the sickle cell trait because of the work the Panthers did and Fred Hampton was really involved in that. That would have been something that really, you know, just essential to, to, to kind of key in on, on his life. For sure. For a movie like this. Most definitely. You know, on how that became about with him. Um, instead of showing this, this, this damn father-son bullshit relationship between William O'Neill and this FBI agent. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, you know, like I said, there was a lot invested in villainizing this dude and making him just this, it was almost cartoonish. You know, like I said, that's not to, to criticize the performance. Lakeith Stanfield's performance was not cartoon, cartoonish. The intent, it says, I, I would say, of the character, the way the character was written. Right. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, for him to, to nut up like that in the Panther headquarters, you know what I mean? pretty much trying to smoke out a snitch to hop in the car and you know we see him smiling, smiling yeah. you know like yeah there was an angle to that yeah you know and we didn't need that to know William O'Neill was a piece of shit all right we didn't need that yeah you know we didn't need it to know that he was a snake but he was a creative piece of shit he didn't you know he didn't walk in the door like that right Sure. And that's and we got it, and we need and that that's there's shit to that story that could have told that that was not told. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, definitely agree with that. I, I think that um, again, like there was just there was certain aspects that they could have just expounded on. They could have done a little bit. I, I I didn't. I don't even know that I really needed uh so much of J. Edgar Hoover in this film, to be completely honest. Um, 
Well, I kind of like the, the, the J. Edgar Hoover element. Um, I thought it was, was well played. It was well played, um, but I don't know that I necessarily needed it. Well, I mean, the whole Black Messiah concept came from him. The, the, the need to destroy it or the need to prevent it, that was, that was that's true. That's that's literally, a mem- it was a memo. That, oh, he actually said that. That's real. Oh, hell yeah, that's real as, okay. as, as you hear in my voice right now, that he okay. said that shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was an actual memo. Um, this was during, after, this was after the Dr. King assassination. The country was in a very fucked up, I don't, I, I mean, I wasn't born and shit. I'm talking like right, I right, know, right. but this is just my reflection of the history <laughs> that I've read, you know. But, uh, you know, the country was in a very fucked up place, mm-hmm. uh, particularly for black people. I mean, I've, I've talked to black people from that era, right? From that 1968, 69 era, pretty much post Dr. King assassination. Mm-hmm. That shit was massive PTSD to a lot of black people. Wow. The assassination of Dr. King. I mean, considering Malcolm X was to an extent too, Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna be honest, just being honest, and no disrespect to to my black nationalist listeners, if y'all out there. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of black people kind of looked at the, the death of Malcolm X as something to be expected based on some of the things he stood for, right? Right. You know, a lot of a lot of black people, not all, but a lot of black people. You know, the people close to Malcolm X and close to his ideology, of course, that traumatized them as well. But the whole of black people, you know, was not as associated to, to Malcolm X's death as they were Dr. King. So right. Dr. King's death was fucking traumatizing, man, with, to, to, to black people. So this dude, Fred Hampton, coming along the scene so close to after the death of Malcolm, uh, excuse me, Dr. King, it panicked the FBI in Hoover because uh-huh. This dude was actually rallying, and this is some shit people need to hear, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and roll with this. Yeah. But, you know, th- this dude was not only bringing together poor black people, you know what I mean, young black people. This dude was not only, you know, pretty much uh, galvanizing street niggas, you know, part of my, my lingo, street cats, you know, yeah. the, 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 the gangs. But this dude was venturing into the Latinos and the whites. Now that part of the movie was very true. That, that whole Rainbow Coalition shit that yeah, Jesse yeah. Jackson hijacked later in life yeah. came from Fred Hampton. Right? See, that that part of it, I honestly I didn't even know. That, that oh yeah, that's why I say this movie was good because yeah. this movie does open up these conversations for this type of history that we haven't really been hearing about. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why I'm glad Shaka King, Ryan Coogler. And the white people at Warner Brothers made this movie. I'm I'm glad y'all made it. I have problems with the decisions y'all made to make mm-hmm. it, but I'm overall glad the movie was made because a lot of people don't know that whole Rainbow Coalition. I'm gonna go for, so far. I tell you this, man. That whole "I am somebody," you know, thing that Jesse Jackson is known for. Yeah, that started with Fred Hampton. I am somebody. You know, I may be black. I may be poor. I may be that whole thing that Jesse Jackson is known for to this day really was not the original brainchild of Jesse Jackson. That was the that was the mind of Fred Hampton that did that. You know, it gave you a taste of it with this movie with the I am a revolutionary. You know what I mean? You get a taste of it. Yeah. But no, I am somebody. I may be black. I may 
that whole thing that Jesse Jackson is known for and famous for throughout his whole career, he actually lifted that, as well as the Rainbow Coalition, which is what his damn organization is named after right now, to this day. Right. Right. He lifted that from the ideas and the mind of Fred Hammond. That is wild. You're crazy, right? That's wild. So, you know, with that being said, you know, Fred Hampton, at 21 years old, his legacy is still alive today, you know, in many respects that we don't know. Now, again, this man is doing another movie. I'm just going to say it like that. He, he's, he's, he still do a real autobiographical film. Yes. Because this didn't do that. I think this movie, again, movie-wise, cinema-wise, it did its damn job. This movie does its job. If you want to watch a good-ass movie that has great narrative, that impactful lesson type shit, watch this movie. Everybody black need to watch it. Yeah. Especially if you black, you hang with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch this. Yeah. You need to watch this, man. Yeah. But we got to keep this in mind. I keep mentioning, I mentioned Warner Brothers earlier. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers does, does not tell stories like this for no reason. Okay. Right. They just don't, they, they have no relationship to our empowerment. Right. They have no desire to see us enlightened by fallen black leaders. All right. The same ending that we saw in Malcolm X is the same ending we saw in this, which is why Warner Brothers got behind some shit like this. At the end, the hero dies. Yeah. And he dies tragically. Yeah. Right. They are inflicting basically the same trauma that they have done with in the original. Uh, uh, death of Malcolm X, the original death of Dr. King, and now uh, with Fred Hampton, you know, yeah, they, 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 it's the, the wickedness, you know, not all, all right, but those who are responsible, the wickedness of of Western society, um, enjoy inflicting this kind of trauma, you know, right, and this movie had a great deal. Uh, to do with that, I believe. I think that was a, a lot of the purpose of this. No disrespect to the, the people who made it, but, um, well, the black people, I should say, who, who, who made it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of white money that went into this. And if you look into the executive producers of this damn movie, yes, um, it's, it's real heavy on people that don't really look like Fred Hampton. Yes. All right? And that is problematic, and that goes to what I stand for. And I'm going to die on that on this podcast, man. Yeah. Black people got to tell black stories. And at the very least, God damn it, if it's going to be white money, we need to control it. Yes. You know, we need to control it. Because you yeah. should be paying for it anyway. All right? You should pay for it. Yeah. But we need to control the story. It needs to start and stop with us. This movie did not do that. Yeah. Right? No, I agree with and, that. And that is why we got a movie which is pretty much like a villainized, it was a Warner Brothers production. You know, a hero and the great villain, the great black villain. Yes. You know, and you walk away with the with the with this with the narrative. Don't trust your own people and don't fuck with the police. That's what you walk away with, right. and that's exactly what Warner Brothers paid for. And unfortunately, it was done at the expense of this man's story. I agree. That's just my that's just my criticism. You know. Yeah. It was done at the expense of his story. Yeah, um, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. We we definitely need to um, be the 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 ones the decision makers for these films. Um, 
again, um, like I, I, I love when stories are told authentically, and when, when, when st- I, I can understand from an entertainment perspective why you want to add, you know, or 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 um, over emphasize something just to like dramatize it or whatever. I can understand that to an extent, but um, which is why I'm I'm glad um, of of, the, of this Judy Harmon character. I I, I love that, but um, I agree with that. We, we should know what's cr- not, and, 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 and torn between it, and then we're going to talk more about that when we get to Daniel Kaluuya on what I'm torn with. Um, as a man who loved the arts, as a man who is an artist. You know, I'm torn between the creative license shit and the fact that, you know, the history itself and how it's handled fast and loose. We talked about that with One Night in Miami, Regina King. Love Regina King, much respect to her. But, you know what I mean? With the, with the, the shit she did with the history of <laughs> Malcolm and Muhammad Ali and shit, man, like, it was, it was really deplorable. Right. You know? I can't say that about this movie. I'm not gonna say none was deplorable about this film, but the history, the my 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 position is this: the history in and of itself is is damn near cinematic. A 17 year old kid lured into FBI informant bullshit. Like is that even legal? That's exactly that's the movie right there, man. Excuse me, dude. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It's fine, man. It's <laughs> the movie right there. Yeah. You know, like, but but you know, you they, they, you compromise the real history for a reason, and that's because you want to be particular about the type of history you expose to black people. They are very particular about that, which is why you never saw Fred. They they took the gun out of Fred Hammond's hand for a reason. In that scene I just talked to you about, you know, what I mean, you didn't really see him armed. You didn't really see him really showing any aggression towards white people. You showed him uniting with white people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it, you know, it's like that. that's very deliberate. This is a man who was a chairman of the Black Panther Party. He showed no goddamn aggression. Come on. Yeah. Matter of fact, you had the, the damn informant motherfucker showing all the aggression right. to the point where Fred Hampton is, is talking him down off the ledge. Like, this, this shit, you know, again, it makes for a good story. It's just bad history. Yeah. It's just bad history. You know, and I'm tired of sacrificing our history for a good story because we don't have to do that shit. And that's why Spike Lee, I got my problems with Spike. But Spike Lee gets my respect because he didn't compromise the history of Malcolm X. Yeah. You know what I mean? The true history, the essential history of Malcolm X to tell that story. This is not the case with this. Yeah. With this film right here, man. This ain't the case. Yeah. So, no, I would agree with that. So, you know, uh, wrapping this up, you know, I, I don't want to make it, I mean, I, I don't want to come off like it's not, like I didn't like the movie. I like the movie. I like the movie a lot. You know, I mean, I thought it was a good movie, but we talking about one of the greatest orators, uh, I mean, a martyr of our people, Fred Hampton. He don't deserve just good. Right. You know, we, we got to come back to the table with this. He don't deserve just good. Yeah. 
No, I agree. Speaking of that with Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya did a great fucking job. Um, he did a great fucking job. He did his job as an actor, as a disciplined actor, as a man of the craft. I take my head off of Daniel Kaluuya. Um, and this is not the first movie I can say it about for him. I never will question this man's talent or his ability to perform anything. You see what I'm saying? Right. He came out the gate and showed that he he's about business when it comes to this crap back. And he showed that with this one. But I stand on what I said when I first addressed this movie on the last podcast, I guess last year or earlier this year or whenever. I wish an American black man played this role then. And I wish an American black man played this role now. Right. This is this the spirit of this film. Um, excuse me, the spirit of this man, the spirit of what this man represented, the people that this man died for, mm-hmm. the black shit of the black messiah, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that 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 that's very specific to what come out this soil, man. And I'm tired of this shit being, again, I'm tired of our shit being handled like it's just, this is Fisher Price, Mr. Potato Head type shit. You can just take some lips from over here, take some eyes from over here, take a goddamn hat from back there and shit, borrow some pants from over here and put this shit together. That is not how the fuck you need to tell our stories. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's time, we, that shit has to stop. This shit is non-negotiable, man. Like, I, I don't even really feel like we need to even justify this shit no more. Stop doing it. Yeah, and if yeah. you're saying that this dude, you know what I mean, is, is probably leaning towards recognizing that, you know what I mean, I commend him for that. Let this be the last one, Daniel. Yeah. Because, see, the issue is, I had to watch uh, Zoe Saldana. Now, Zoe Saldana is an actress. Um, she's a light-skinned sister. We talked about this before, a lighter-skinned sister. I got problems with some of the shit she's done, right, as an actress. But mm-hmm. she had to apologize for a role she played, Yeah, you know, and I didn't really get that shit. You know what I'm saying? But she rubbed somebody the wrong fucking way. And, and she had to apologize. Well, this shit rubs me the wrong way as a black man. When you go get any goddamn body from any goddamn word just because he had melanin and say, okay, you played a role of essential, historical, iconic, spiritually invested black figures. You know what I mean? And you don't have no type of relationship to these damn people or what these people went through that this leader or this figure represented. Yeah, I got a problem with that. Yeah. No, no, I got no, a problem I, with I that. that. I get that. You know, and I don't want to be dismissed because of that. Now, Daniel Kaluuya, I don't think he ever really was wanting to dismiss that. You know, yeah. now that Cynthia Revo shit, she did. She, the Harriet Tubman, yeah. the fake-ass Harriet Tubman shit she put on, yeah, she, 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 you know, she got shitty. When, when, I didn't even when, when, watch that movie. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that movie. I'll catch it on BET, I guess, when I'm drunk one day and can't get up from 4th of July shit when they run all the black the epic movies and shit. But, you know, as far as Cynthia Revo and, you know, the shitty-ass way she handled black people when they had an issue with some of the roles she was playing, like right now she's playing the Queen of Soul, Ruth Franklin. No, no disrespect to Cynthia Rigo, all right, but there's nothing about her vibration as a woman or as an actress that translates Aretha Funkin' Franklin. Yeah. Wait, didn't I just see Aretha Franklin movie? They're doing two different versions of it, which is another conversation we'll probably talk about in the next podcast as to why they're doing that. But yeah, they got the cinematic version or the theatrical version 
which is Jennifer Hudson and Marlon Wayans and you know that that is in there. Yeah. And um they have a TV version of something that's coming up sooner, which is uh, Cynthia Revo's version. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Cynthia Revo, man, you know, she's she's a good actress. I'm not gonna yeah. shit on her. She's a yeah. good actress. You know, I like a lot of the stuff she's done. But when it comes to certain roles she's played and certain approaches she's taken toward the role, she's shitty. Yeah. And um, you know, that to me is like, no, just fall back. You so know, you're, it, you're more so, just to clarify, you're more so uh you want to be you you, you don't want the argument of someone that's either that's not like American, black American, to 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 retell a story of one of our black figures. No, I don't. I don't want that. I, I think we need to get away from that. And you don't want it to be a dismissed argument. No, I don't want it to be a dismissed right. argument. Even if we go, even if the production goes a different way, and and maybe chooses somebody for a particular role, right? Mm-hmm. That may not be a black American, a, a, a native foundational black American or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not of that and, and the film goes a different way, I at least want black Americans to endorse that particular move. Yeah. I want that to be something okay with somebody respected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That respects yeah. that that represents a respected black collective. Yeah, you feel no, what I'm no, saying? That, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, 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 I just don't want to be able to just, just cast any goddamn body for this yeah. shit. You know, yeah. who, who is this? You know, this. Yeah. You got, uh, just give me somebody. Like, Zoe Saldana can just, can just play, uh, you know, Harry Tubman. I care, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. Like, you know, that's going to happen, okay? Well, you go on to that, that's going to be filtered through something. Right. You know. Which is again like what we talked about last week, having um, having a, a an organization that is the go between. A serious organization. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. You yeah. need that. Yeah, but, I agree with that. But yeah, man. So you know, th- those are, those are my issues. Like I said, I got some real issues with behind the scenes, and you know, I just kind of go touch on that real quick because I know we've been on this for a minute, but um. You know, like I said, I think I counted when I last read, I looked at the IMDB, it was like 16, 17 producers, man. Half of them were not black. Right. Um, the, the, the screenwriter, one of the screenwriters who seems to have top billing as a screenwriter, that may be an IMD, IMDB thing, I don't know, but the white guy, uh, Will Burson, seems to be have top billing as uh, the story and the screenwriter. Kenneth Lucas, Kenneth and Keith Lucas, that's a, a comedic duo. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're black guys. They they seem to they look they appear to be black guys. Um they 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 wrote the original script and uh Shaka King, who was director, who was, who was director I'm familiar with, and I liked uh, some of the one of his movies I saw early, movies I saw called uh, Newlyweeds. I never saw that one. Yeah, it was on Netflix a few years ago. Okay. Um, and I liked it. So Shaka King, you know, a uh, very solid director, you know, to be respected. Um, he appears to have had a hand in the writing of this movie. But um, 
I don't know, man. It, it just seems to me that a lot of the, this narrative was not really influenced by Black people, as it should be. Right. You know, I mean, uh, like I said, you, we talked about the casting director, uh, who was a white girl, white lady, excuse me. Uh, the editor, uh, white, appears to have been a, appears to be a, a white lady. Um, art direction, you know, some uh, and a white dude. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking at it, man. I mean, the music was a black dude, but we're actually two people. Uh, one dude was was black, the other dude was white. So. Did you the, the music was split down the middle. I didn't hear the soundtrack. No, I didn't. I heard the Jay Z Nipsey uh, joint and mm-hmm. uh, one of the Pooh Shiesty songs, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear the whole soundtrack. No. Yeah, but I, the actual uh, the score, I guess, the music from the film. Yeah, it appears that credit split between a black dude and a white dude. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You know. So you know, it, it's it's just the, the the. It seems like the most people that got paid are really the only people that got paid black in this movie were in front of the camera, yeah. for the most part. In in this one, at least that's that's just my observation. But um, you know, I, I'm disappointed in that because a movie like this, politically, you know, and this was some of a political movie about a political man. You know, it, it, it needs to reflect a little bit more uh, for the benefit of our people than just the commercialization of it, which is yeah. not our people at all at the end of the yeah. day, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's my interpretation of it. But hey, I like the movie. I don't hope nobody hear this shit and be like, this motherfucker ain't like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I like the movie. I did like the movie. It's, like I said, it's worth seeing. That's my, my, re- my recommendation. It's sure. definitely worth seeing. Check it out, especially if you're black, especially if you're somebody black that works in groups or has an organization like uh, like Derek with OTS. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something that 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 definitely needs to needs to uh, cross your interest because you know, you'll get something from it. Um, but you know, the downside of it is it doesn't handle the history of Fairhampton very well, from my viewpoint. Um, it gives a very good swatch of his history, a good, you know, a little part of his history to you. And that, unfortunately, is the worst part of the history, his downfall and what led to his downfall. Um, as far as Lakeith Stanfield, uh, again, I'm wrapping up Dane Kalua, though. Great performance. I like Dane Kalua. He captured uh, what, what his job was as an actor. He captured uh, enough of Fred Hampton to get a great performance. I give him that. I just wish this was reserved for somebody that could actually, uh, you know, come from the the, the actual background of a friend, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who, uh, you know, is a, is a brother, you know, black dude, American black man, great job, you know, from him, you know, it's a horrible role to play, you know, it's yeah. one of those things where he did a great job at a horrible role. You know, horrible, horrible person, horrible character, I should say, not role, yeah. Yeah. but a great job at portraying a horrible character. And um, he did his job as an actor, excellent job. I, I wish, I will say I wish, but I wonder, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder what this role would have looked like with an actual seventeen-year-old uh, performance, though. 
I think the story would have read a, a lot better. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't say I wish, you know, I, I like what was done, what, what was done, you know, but I just wonder creatively, you know, how they, how the story would reflect it from an actual, yeah. from an actual performer. You, you would be able to 17. understand a lot more. You understand uh, uh, the dynamic a lot more um, knowing that they were, that at least that character was that young. Right. Um, for sure. That, that would have read a lot better. But yeah, he definitely did an amazing job. And Lakeith was a key. I mean, shit, we talking about Lakeith fucking Stanfield, man. Like, yeah. like yeah. Lakeith don't 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 fall short. Nah, you know, So it, like, I, you know, in a roundabout way, I'm kind of saying it like this: you expect them to, to do what they do. That's like you know putting you know LeBron out there, you know, for for All Star game, <laughs> you know, like you know, or saying, or, you know, like this is what you expect from from yeah. them. Um, they were in their they were in their bag. This is their lane. This is what yeah. they do. They, they 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 you give them a big stage, and they deliver. I mean, this dude, Danny Kaluuya, is the face of probably one of the most iconic horror films or thrillers of all time, arguably. Shoot, you know, like he, he can't miss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He stands for was in that fucking movie. Yes, you know. Come on, this dude, he hasn't uh, sorry to bother you, even though it wasn't as major or impactful as uh, Get Out. Sorry to bother you was that was the, a, a major move for him, yeah. a defining performance for him. So these dudes don't miss, right? Right. So I, I don't, I kind of expected it. I'm glad they were chosen. They, they did what they did. That's to be expected. Now, goddamn uh, Dominique Thorne, Dominique Fishback, the yes. two Dominiques of this. Oh, oh man. They they brought life to the movie. Yeah. The black women brought life in this movie. I have no problem saying that. Particularly Dominique Thorns. They brought life, energy, everything. The 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 electricity that you want to get from what Black Panthers were. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got yeah. through those systems. You know. Um, so as far as the talent and performance wise, I enjoyed it. But for those reasons alone. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, this movie is definitely a must see. As well. I, I would definitely say that as well. Um, I'm definitely gonna buy it if I, if I get it on DVD. I mean Blu-ray, but, um, nah. I, I think the criticism, of, criticisms are fair, but overall, it was, it was a good portrayal. You're introducing this story of Fred Hampton, uh, to a new generation. Um, I think this at least opens the door for research. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, go back and study everybody. You know, listen. You know, who, who's um, you know interested in the aspect of history. This movie definitely inspires some study. It's more to know. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get another movie, man. It gives us another perspective. But this one, in the meantime, you know, until that day comes, if that day never comes, I don't know. But in the meantime, check this one out, man. Julius and the Black Messiah, written and directed, uh, excuse me, well, written by uh, Shaka King uh, and Weir William Beerson. Am I, am I saying that name right? I just passed it through here. Will Beerson. Shaka King, Kenneth Lucas, Keith Lucas, uh, writing, directed by Shaka King, produced by uh, Ryan Coogler, 
Judas and the Black Messiah, 2021. Yeah, got my full recommendation, man. Y'all rock with that. In the meantime, what else you got, D? That's it. It's in real time. It's about midnight, man. So yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're gonna put a cap on this. All right. Well, I am Chris Ali. That's me on Instagram. Rock with me on that. Uh, also follow uh, the society, man. What we do over here, NC. The letters NC and the words Film Society. Instagram at uh, Instagram as well. Uh, Derek, go ahead and throw your handle out there, man. Yes, sir. Uh, at Derek underscore OTS. That's D-R-R-I-C-K. And uh, mainly follow, don't even follow me. Follow the um, OTS uh, social medias, at OTS Guys. Uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow us on, uh, subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel. We are, um, we have a couple of um YouTube-based shows that will be premiering uh, within the next, I'd say, the next couple of weeks, maybe next month or two. Um, but uh, yeah, check it out. We got a lot of stuff coming on there. We have a, 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 a fans, a new show, um, which allows fans of different music artists to battle against each other. Um, so like versus, but you know, it puts it puts the battle into the hands of the fans. So let me check that show out too. I've been seeing it. Yeah, promoting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got uh we got uh Usher versus Chris Brown coming up. Um and uh the, the next one is gonna be Tupac versus Biggie. So you know I'm looking forward to that one. Um uh, right. yeah, but yeah, man, we, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh so you know, everyone just go go check it out. OTS the premier platform for podcasts, man. Yes, sir. Rock with that, and uh, of course, they uh, are responsible for this particular podcast you're listening to, No Chase Film Society and CFS, which can be heard as of right now on all major streaming podcasting platforms, Amazon, Google Platform, uh, excuse me, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and now recently, iHeartRadio. So, yes, and Spotify. Man, and Spotify. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You ain't got no excuse not to rock with us. Yes, Give us a review. Get on Instagram, NC Film Society, and comment. Give reviews. Give suggestions on films you want us to review. Whatever, man. Just let us know you out there. All right. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm done with it. Derek, I appreciate it. Always, bro. The rest of y'all, watch a damn movie. No Chase Film Society. It's over with.